Hey, hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Angular Air. I'm your host, Justin Schwarzenberger, and today our topic is continuous integration for Angular applications. Uh, joining us today as panelists, we have Austin McDaniel. Austin, how's it going? How's it going, everyone? So I just read this like really weird Twitter article that Fox News put out about pandas are aggressive and yeah, I don't know what to think about that. Do, do you think you reflect a panda and you're aggressive as well? Or do you think you break that norm? I, I'm, I, I'm pretty mellow most of the time. Bonnie might disagree, though. All right. So oh, yeah. Bonnie. He's a mess. We got Bonnie with us. <laughs> Bonnie, how's it going? It's good. It's good. I'm pretty excited about this topic. And I'm excited to see Victor again. Hello, Victor. Hey. Hey, how's it going? So continuous integration, that means I just don't have to like show up for work anymore and it's just going to keep on going? Uh, no. no. Well, you were automating some things. but <laughs> That requires you to write a test. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bonnie, you revealed our guests already. <laughs> I'm fired. It's been nice knowing you guys. Sorry about that. No, it's all, it's all good. Um, no, I'm, I, but I really am excited to have Victor. I haven't seen Victor in forever. Very much so. Very much so. All right, we got Who's Mike. Who's that party panelist? Mike's here as well. What's going on, Mike? Not too much. I uh, apparently decided instead of using a calendar notification, I was waiting until like the Chrome YouTube notification came up to say, "Hey, Angular Air started to join." So I'm a little bit late, but I'm here. <laughs> Not yeah, acceptable, perfect, right? As soon as we go Not live, acceptable. then you then you decide to join. That 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 works. This is supposed to be the most important thing in your day. More important than that CLI project thing that you do in your spare time. CI is one less letter than CLI, so I think you're right. Yeah, it's like more efficient, right? All right, our guest today, we got Victor Mejia back with us. How's it going, Victor? What is up, guys? I'm super excited to, to be here today with you guys and hang out with you guys. Yeah, totally. We're stoked to have you here as well. Um, you want to fill, fill our viewers in uh, about what you got going on, that sort of thing? Yeah, so uh, let me see. So right now, I'm a senior UI engineer at McGraw-Hill Education. So working in, in EdTech, uh, I really love what I'm what I'm doing there. Um, I'm doing courses for LinkedIn Learning and uh, Lynda.com. Uh, so definitely uh, check those out. Uh, I know I got two fellow authors here with uh, uh, Justin and, and Bonnie too. Um, let me see. Life. Uh, my son, my second kid, he's six months now, so he's growing. Uh, he's teething, so not sleeping much right now, but. That, that's that's life right now. Nice, nice. Yeah, and we, uh, you know, we mentioned CI and CLI. Your course is on CLI, is that correct? You have one out there? Yeah, my latest, my latest course is on using the Angular CLI. So uh, Mike and, and Hans know how much I love the CLI. So uh, I throw a lot of love for, for the CLI. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. And then I see you've got this uh, test all the things shirt. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. I figured it was appropriate for today, right? Where do you yeah. guys get these shirts from? Mike and Justin did that a couple weeks ago. They both have these really cool, like nerd humor shirts, and I don't. Yeah. I'm, I'm not in the know on that. I just scour the the booths at conferences. I think this one. This one's is it from? Yes, yeah, from Sauce Labs. I think. Yeah. So uh, I go shopping at this place called the Internet. <laughs> not personally, that shirt. Personally, that shirt offends me. I, me and Tess don't get along. Yeah. It must you want to know what offends Austin? We'll start. No, never mind. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm very salty today. <laughs> well, I, I heard it once say, writing code is fun, right? So uh, writing tests is writing code. So definitely. So therefore, writing tests is fun. There you go. Transit I like your attitude. There you go. That's a that's like a proof, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a proof. You could take a lesson from that, Austin. See what a positive attitude he has. <laughs> All right. Sorry. That's I'm a, picking on Austin today. Didn't you get the memo? It's pick on Austin day today. All right. Let's uh, let's get into <laughs> continuous integration. Let's talk about that. Victor, what you got for us? Yeah. So CI. Um, so I guess what what I aim to show today is um, so the CLI is is awesome, right? Um, you know, I love what the team has done with the CLI and what is done for like developers like myself, my, uh, my company. Um, uh, but I feel like it, it leaves you at a very sweet spot 
um, where that you, then you can add on additional configuration to tailor to your specific needs, right? Um, so what is what is a, a CI? Uh, I, I guess to define it is is a process where developers continually uh, commit code into a shared repository several times a day, at least once a day, um, and that is automatically verified um, in you know in CI uh, in in a automated server. So we you have like things like your build and then your your tests that are automatically uh, verified. Um, some popular services out there that you can use for that is Travis CI, Circle CI. Um, I've been using Circle uh, lately, and I'm really, really digging it. Um, and that's what I'm going to be showing uh, today. A lot of people don't know it is that um, it actually has a free tier, um, so it's you can use it for free for your for your public projects on on GitHub. Um, and I, I've seen I hear, Circles. I hear Circles all the rage right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. So um, why 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 do you like it better than Travis? I like the the configuration, their the workflows that um, that you can configure. It's it's pretty awesome. Um, I feel like a lot of things work better. I mean, nothing's perfect, you know. Um, and I definitely wish I, I could write configuration in something other than YAML. But hey, uh, Travis is YAML too, right? Um, yeah, the UI is better. Uh, it, it, you know, people say that it's fast. It is. It is fast. Um, so our, our company has been switching from uh, Jenkins over to Circle CI. So and that's been that's been a blast. It's uh, uh, the barrier to entry for configuring CI is definitely much much lower using something like like Circle. So uh, I was used Travis for my public products before, but I I, I I switched over to Circle now. Yeah. It also has a, if I remember correctly, an artifact type uh, feature where you can preserve some of your build output. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's uh, it's very easy to add like environment variables. So uh, you know, we can add like tokens for deployment tokens to you know AWS or Firebase or whatnot. So yeah, I, yeah. I like it a lot. I heard yeah. circles faster than Travis. I don't yeah. know this whether to be true or not, but I I heard that. <laughs> and I, yeah, I haven't run any benchmarks, but circle is it feels fast. You know, uh, whatever. Austin's benchmarks report that zero tests run in Travis at the same time that zero tests run on Circle. <laughs> uh, so, um, so we're talking continuous integration, but we also heard terms like uh, continuous delivery. Like, what's yep. the difference between those two? And and are we talking about a little bit different things there? Yeah. So even though like Circle CI is uh, something like a service like that uh, is used for continuous integration, you can still do. Uh, continuous deployments, continuous uh, delivery, right? So continuous integration is where you're auto, uh, verifying the health of your code base uh, as developers check it in, right? Continuous deployment is um, having like an automatic uh, deployment of say, okay, well, this checks out. Once it is merged, it can be deployed and then there doesn't have to be any like uh, manual work. So you, technically you could deploy several times a day or, you know, several times a week and whatnot. So um, but Circle CI, it allows you to run like any kind of like bash commands. And so you could totally do uh, deployments uh, using using Circle. Um, so the, the process um, that would look like, so, you know, you're, you're uh, working on a feature, you, you, you create a feature branch, you do your work. You commit your work um, where that is. Um, you have some gateway checks with some pre-commit hooks, you know, whatever you want to verify there. Push up your branch to GitHub. That gets triggered uh, on your CI server where you got have an automated build. Your tests are running. You get notified of your build status, whether, you know, green it means things are okay. Red means that are, um, it's, it's failing. You usually get an email for these kinds of things. Um, but if if your your bill is green, then you should be able to merge your your pull request to GitHub, and then in GitHub uh, ties very well with something like Circle, where you can have uh, certain checks and say uh, unless these checks pass in, in my continuous integration environment, then you can't merge. So um, then we merge, that that then triggers uh, CD, so then you can uh, deploy to like a staging server and things like that. So. And to be clear, while the tools that you're talking about and using today are public facing, so requiring a public GitHub profile or repo and CircleCI, which is public, you can also set up um, other things that are not necessarily public, correct? Uh, in, in Circle? Uh, not just Circle, oh. but just uh, CI in general. 
Uh, so oh, if yeah. I have a project I'm working on internally in my company, if I wanted to get into doing something like continuous integration, uh, that's still possible, correct? Yeah, 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 of course, yeah. Uh, so our, our company, I we... I don't think CircleCI has on-prem, though. You'd right, but not necessarily that tooling, just uh, conceptually the same uh, principles and ideas. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, all the stuff that you know uh, we do at work is, is all internal. Uh, we have you know Circle Star Enterprise where it's only visible to employees in the company, and everything is in internal behind a firewall. Yeah. Do you have to be like a DevOps wizard in order to set this stuff up? Or no. So uh, confession, I hate DevOps. I, I well maybe <gasps> not hate it, but I I don't. It's not my forte, and I feel like it's a lot of uh nuances to to get there but you don't have to be a devops expert but you, you do have to be get comfortable uh you know possibly debugging uh through ssh and you know be comfortable on your terminal and be comfortable with bash because uh, sometimes your deployment scripts can get really really large and um you know even though you can type put in your commands in your circle configuration sometimes it's just easier to uh, run this bash script and then that bash script could do uh, a bunch of things so um yeah, just be comfortable with, with things like that. So That's so odd. Typically, people that love tasks love CI and DevOps stuff. You're breaking yeah. the norm here. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So um, this might be getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here, but uh, thinking about, like, you kind of mentioned the, the scripts and things like that and these configuration and things. Um, is this something that we bring into our repos that as a part of that to keep track of that. I mean, I've used, I've done uh, continuous integration stuff in the past where all that configuration is done on the CI server. And so you make changes to those scripts or whatever over time and you don't have like version history and things like that. And then I've done stuff recently where that's part of the, the repo and kind of travels with that. So you can have version control and things like that. Um, any thoughts on that? Or is that, was that something we'll cover? Or? Um, yeah, so uh, what, what I've been using lately, yeah, all, all those scripts, deployment scripts, all that stuff goes with the repo. Um, so again, it's it's a great way to, to version them with Git. Um, you know, circle configuration is part of the, the repository. The only thing um, that is really that lives on on the, the server are, would say, like environment variables, because obviously you, keys like that, you don't want to check them in. And so in your scripts, you can just reference these environment variables that you then manually add um on on your server so that they're available there um but yeah the uh, scripts all that configuration they go they go with the repo and that's what i've been using lately so yeah don't check your api secrets into your repo so your ci can pick them up i i know i've done that a couple of times yeah a couple of students I, I used to work with um his twitter account got hacked because he you know he was working on a toy project um and he checked in his twitter api key so he was getting spammed through Twitter, it, but he was being nice. He was kind of being a jerk, but he was being nice. He was just like, hey, you should not put your keys in Twitter, you know? So I yeah. remember that. Don't want to do that. Cool. Well, um, do you want to uh, start demoing some stuff for us? Yeah, yeah. I, I got quite a bit to show. So let me uh, jump into my screen here and see if I can remember how to do this. There we go. All right. Let me know if you could see my uh, code editor here. Yep. Looks All right, good. sweet. Yeah, so um, I, again, as I mentioned earlier, um, the this this is an Angular CLI project. Uh, it's, it's, I love the CLI, uh, honestly, and, and everything that it does. Um, and like I mentioned, it leaves you at a, at a very sweet spot where you can start adding um, additional things to get it tailored to your um, uh, specific needs. So uh, just a quick overview uh, of the app here. So um, let me just npm start the app here. Um, so and, and this is kind of the, the workflow that I imagine you would have. So you're able to start your app locally. Um, and again, um, Locally here, I'm using a JSON server, which provides like a, a dummy um, API. Um, and then for uh, npm start, um, I'm starting that and then starting the client, which is just running ng-surf with the proxy. Um, so it's just a basic uh, 
application here uh, where you can search um, uh, these quote unquote hackers. Um, and it ha does have some unit tests here already. Um, I also have, um, so I've been using uh, Firebase uh, quite often lately. Um, I'm, I'm digging in a lot. Um, I'm using Firebase hosting, and that's how I'm going to demonstrate the automatic uh, deployment. Um, and I didn't, I didn't know that you could hook up uh, functions directly to Firebase hosting. So um, it's, I have a basic function here that will serve as the API, um, and that's just you know uh, doing a search for for this list. <clears throat> um, so locally, uh, that will be the workflow, right? You're able to do something locally. Um, and then when you, when you once you build, you you should also verify that app. So uh, let me go ahead and build my app here, uh, and I'm running it with the production flag. Um, I'm using progress false to um, you know something in CI. You want to look at logs, and uh, it's it just uh, all that noise uh, clears away. And then let me just npm start npm uh, run serve Firebase. Um, another cool thing is that um, Firebase, the Firebase tools allow you to uh, preview your functions locally um, along with the hosting. That, I found that pretty awesome. Um, I think Firebase provides the, the lowest barrier to entry to, to serverless. Um, so I was pretty pretty excited about that. Um, so again, that's just my, my local app. It's the Firebase hosting. It's, it's serving the disk directory along with um, the, the the cloud function here, and uh, which is doing its uh, proxy, and that's all done through uh, just some rules, right? So this allows you to do the single page app routing, um, and any call. I'm doing some rewrites here to APIs hackers is just redirecting it to the Firebase function. Okay. Okay. Really quick, since yep. you're talking Firebase functions, I was playing with this the, a, a little while back. Yeah. I have a question for you. Running those Firebase functions locally. Um, do you have to be going through HTTPS on your local host, or are you able to not get, or get around that? Um, yeah, it didn't launch through HTTPS, so I think I think it worked without that. So I wonder if it's been updated because when I was trying it to run the functions locally, it yeah. wanted to go through HTTPS for the URL, okay. and you know, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, but I got really excited about that. I was like, this is freaking awesome, um, and so. Um, Cool. So, uh, so that's that. So, and then um, I have uh, a basic test suite, um, nothing major. So, npm test is is using a single run flag, which I recommend you do. Um, you run it once, and that will be useful in CI. And also running the the code coverage flag, right? Um, you should definitely be generating uh, coverage reports for uh, your test suite. And then um, uh, I don't know. Speaking about code coverage, after you like generate your code coverage, are you like posting those results anywhere where you can see them? You can. So there's there's a lot of cool services out there uh, like Coveralls or CodeCov where you can post results there, and then it'll it'll report back in your PR like what's the deltas in uh, code coverage and things like that. But uh, I won't be I won't be uh, showing that today. But yeah, you could do that. Um, Victor, so, I, yep. I think we lost your screen share. Oh, okay. Um, but on a positive note, we get to see you. All right. I wonder what happened here. Screen two. Thanks for telling me. Um, is it back? Yes. Perfect. All right, sweet. Um, yeah, so uh, if there's people who aren't familiar with uh, code coverage, um, you can open this with your default browser. Uh, why did I do that? There we go. Um, and then you get a nice uh, report of you know what what pieces of your code are covered. So uh, it, it, it can highlight here things that have not been tested um, in your application, right? Um, <clears throat> tells you some stats here um, about your entire uh, code coverage. So and then again, the CLI gives you that auto configured out of the box, which is awesome. Um, just use the code coverage flag there. Um, so where I'd like to start is uh, so let's go to the Karma uh, JS file. Um, this is already uh, generated for you, right? Uh, 
Um, it, it tells me my test would pass. I 32 specs ran, right? Um, but I, I, I like to see uh, more uh, detailed output. Um, other frameworks like uh, uh, Mocha or, or Jest, I think they do that out of the out of the box. That, but that's easy to do. So um, here it just it uses a Karma spec reporter. Um, we add that to the plugins. I've already npm installed it. Um, and then in the reports array, here we, we can add a text summary here. And then finally, we can replace this with um, spec instead of progress. And so let's run npm test again here. And so it'll pick up that updated configuration. And instead of just giving me um, this summary output, I'm going to get a, a detailed um, output as my my test suite is running. Um, I like I like I love that green check mark. Um, and then at the end, you get the coverage summary, the exact same thing that we saw there in the HTML report. You get it here. So statements, 96 uh, branches. Um, a little low on functions and then uh, lines and things like that. So with just that simple thing, you can have this. And again, this is very useful because what's in CI, you can actually view the terminal output. So you're able to see what tests are passing, what tests are failing, right? Um, the, the second thing that um, I like to do, um, and again, with, with CI, uh, a best practice is like testing needs to be like part of the, the culture and that's sometimes hard to do um, and especially in corporate environments where, you know, we just want to ship, uh, you know, adding tests without more time. Um, the one thing that I like to do in the teams that I work in is you enforce code coverage. Um, that may be, uh, seem a little mean, but I feel like it starts, uh, creating, um, a, a test, you know, driven culture where you can uh, actually start creating tests. That's easy to do. Test coverage only. That's what you're, I'm just going to start referring to you as that now. <laughs> the test coverage bully. You leave him alone. He's such a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, so but that is really mean, though, Victor. Forcing it, it, it is mean. Standards and testing. Yeah, it is mean, and and it's not to say that um, you know having ninety five percent code coverage means you have no no bugs, right? Because obviously here I have um, just unit testing, and I'm sure you've all seen that meme where you know, have like, oh, unit test passed, but integration test failed. And it's like two doorknobs that are clicking with each other. And then they, each one works individually, but together it doesn't work, you know? But I feel like you got to start somewhere, right? And then this can be low. So what I like to do um, is just go to your, your thresholds. Um, I think 85 is like, I don't know, a, a good aim to shoot for. Um, and obviously I am uh, above that, right? But say, I was, uh, uh, I don't know, pretty hard on myself, and I'm, I said 100 there, right? So once I run um, my NPM test, and then um, you try to run it against the, the code coverage bully here, um, even though you're, you're, each one of your specs are passing, your entire test would, would, will fail, right? Because uh, you're under this uh, coverage. So like, oh, yeah, 32 of 32 success, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't meet your uh, your, your threshold, right? Um, so I, even but, though, um, to get back to what you were saying, though, you, of setting the mindset in your, your organization that testing is a priority isn't just a matter of hitting code coverage because code coverage, as you mentioned, you, you could have 100% code coverage and still have bugs, even mm -hmm. unit test bugs um, because of how you're testing and your testing strategy. Um, so I don't know if you wanted to get into that at all about how to set that mentality of writing good tests versus just writing tests to hit a percentage goal. Yeah, and I've definitely seen it in, in teams that I've worked with where um, like, oh, it's under the code cover. Let me just add, you know, some meaningless test, tests here. Um, it, it, it's, it's a hard balance. <clears throat> and for that reason, I, I wouldn't want to um, set this too high. Obviously, 100, I'm just joking there, right? But you want to, you know, start lower, maybe, you know, um, I don't know, 50 or 60 or something. Um, but, but yeah, you want to, um, cause sometimes, uh, how should I say this? Uh, it, it could end up being a waste of time where you're just trying to write tests 
to get that code coverage, right? You want to test, you want to test your, your, and I'm just talking here about unit testing, right? You want to test the important units, the, uh, if there's, I don't know, a date formatting function. Okay. Well, that's pretty important, right? You should test the heck out of that. Uh, if it's like a currency formatter, then definitely, um, something else, whether oh, this should be displayed on the component. Okay. Maybe not, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a, a balance that you need to, need to strike. Um, and that's, that'll probably come about, you know, in your pull request. Um, when, cause, cause test, test should be uh, clean code as well. Right. So when I review pull requests, I look at a lot of people that just gloss over the test and like, Oh, let me jump, jump to the code. I, I'd look at the test as well and make sure that's a clean code too. So. I yeah, think one that's... of the key things in thinking of the overall picture is that what we're trying to do is trying to automate some of this stuff to have that pipeline of committing PRs and getting them pushed through um, yeah. and, and support our business workflow and our business needs. And there's these elements here where we can set those things and, and do these things in an automated fashion. And that's the power, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and again, this is uh, this is definitely something you sh uh, should be discussed uh, with the team. Something that they're all comfortable with, especially if they're new to testing. Right, uh, hitting that number is going to be pretty pretty darn hard. But that could be easily incremented over over time. Yeah, good. That's that's an awesome discussion on 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 the enforcing threshold. It does suck, though. I must admit. Um, yeah. So. Uh, so what, uh, on, on top of this, so, uh, you know, we have, um, the terminal output, um, cause I feel like CI starts, it starts a new machine, right? It starts at the developer's experience and then carries on to, um, you know, once you're on the continuous integration service. So, um, we have these two things, we have terminal reporting, uh, uh code coverage running, code coverage, uh, thresholds checked, right? <clears throat> Another thing, um, uh, next thing I want to talk about is actually formatting with uh, a code formatter, something like like Prettier. I know Austin loves Prettier there, um, but uh, I feel are like just, in... are you just touching on all the subjects you know I don't like? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, I, I feel like uh, ensuring clean and formatted code should should also be part of uh, of CI. But like so, so many times, I've been you know reviewing pull requests, and I'm like, uh, fix the notation here, uh, or this is off here. Um, and, and TSLint is awesome, right? Like I, I love tools like ESLint and TSLint. Um, but, uh, I feel like, uh, for formatting prettier, prettier rocks. And so th those two can actually live, uh, pretty happy, um, together. Um, and I do want to give a shout out to, uh, Mr. James Henry. Thank you for all that you've done, uh, for, you know, the prettier and TypeScript community. Um, so, uh, uh, it, James Henry, uh, awesome. yeah, he's he's done such such uh, such cool stuff. So uh, Justin, definitely uh, give give uh, give him props for me. Um, sure, sure. Don't give him props. We don't want it to go to his head. He's gonna get all <laughs> full of himself, and and he'll think he's like awesome. Well, he is awesome, but don't tell him. Um, so I was uh, playing out uh, prettier, and then um, I actually wrote a, a blog post. I'll put it in the show notes um, of how how you can uh, integrate. Um, both, right? So um, you want to start off by installing the extension, right? Uh, code formatter. And you don't have to, right? Because either way, you're going to, uh, again, you're going to enforce stuff through a pre-commit hook. Um, <clears throat> one thing I like to do is set the format on save to uh, true here. Um, and then as you're uh, editing your files, it'll pick up a local pretty RC configuration and then format that accordingly. So let's go ahead and just create that uh, right now. So it's a pretty RC. I think it's, it could be a prettier uh, JSON file as well. Um, and the, the rules are pretty basic, right? So there are some defaults. I think everything I have here is listed as default except for the print width, which is a column width. That's set to 80, but I leave it to 100 because you know with TypeScript, sometimes you want, uh, it's, it's very easy to have longer lines. Um, but I like to, ex even if, if it's a default, ex explicitly put them on the configuration. That way everyone knows, okay, what, what we're using. Um, um, and then the, the whole tabs versus spaces, like, 
uh, argument goes away. You want to use tabs, use tabs, right? But then when you commit, that could be taken care of, and then it goes into your repository. But the developer is happily developing in tabs. So all that argument uh, kind of go, goes out the window. Um, you don't want to format everything, right? So you want to have, um, you can uh, ignore some things. And then you can do a dot prettier ignore file here. Um, I'm just going to add uh, some things here. Now, do so, you have your CI committing code, or um, are you doing these like lint staging and things like that? Can you repeat the question? So you mentioned like having prettier like reformat everything. Are you doing? Are you having your CI like reformat and commit code back? Were you talking about doing this like uh, pre get uh, get commit staging? Yeah, this will be part of the your pre commit hook. So before um, you try to commit, it'll it'll run prettier. Check your files, reformat them, and then uh, commit them for you. Um, <clears throat> so, Firebase RC. So obviously, you don't want to uh, format everything. Like it's it's very annoying when I'm in uh, you know a big JSON file and then I, I save a field and I hit save and prettier just formats the heck out of it. It was like I don't want that, right? So obviously, you don't want to do um, everything that can easily be conf configured with uh, a prettier uh, ignore file. Now. Um, what I uh, love to use for uh, for commit hooks is uh, Husky. Uh, I don't know if, if you use that, but that easily allows you to just add an npm script, and you can do like a pre-commit hook or a pre-push hook, um, and uh, run stuff. So here in the uh, a pre well, let me first add another one. <clears throat> so what 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 are some good tools to use for um, automatically doing that? So I've used uh, pretty-quick and then lint-stage, and then those have worked pretty well. Um, however, the the drawback to using those plugins was that, um, so say um, I, I you know, change the value here, and then I left this on purpose, right? This is not formatted according to prettier standards. But even though I changed code here, it'll go ahead and change the entire file. And then sometimes that's not um, desired, right? Especially in the large code base when you're where you're introducing prettier, and then your pull request ends up being like a tons of just white space changes, and you don't want to do that. Um, but again, Mr. James Henry there, and then developed by the uh, awesome folks at Narwhal, they have uh, precise commits, and so um, that uh, will only um, uh, format the exact. The exact lines or characters that you modified, which is a, a, a pretty uh, a game changer, right? And then in a pre-commit hook, all you can do is just run. And I, I reference a, a this just because it, it's a it's a binary, right? Um, so actually, uh, let me change. I, I feel like uh, pre-commit should do two things. I, it should uh, check for lint errors, and then it should um, check for formatting. And so I'm using the uh, npm run all package where you get this nice little script where you can run things in sequence. And then you want to run your lint script. And then you want to run um, your precise commits, right? And I already have Husky and all these plugins uh, here. And so <clears throat> uh, let me go ahead and uh, change it, uh, the formatting to something. Um, let's see. Uh, just do a dummy commit here. Oh, I commit in. All right, not sure why I didn't run, huh? But uh, you should. Um, I'll show it. I have a repo where everything's working. Um, the this pre-commit should have uh, run. I'm not exactly sure why. Uh, it didn't. It didn't run here. Um, hopefully, when I jump into the repo, um, that that'll show. Um, but uh, one thing that uh, this uh, precise commits doesn't do is is automatically commit the 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 files for you. The other ones do, and so there there's uh, a feature request to to have them add like an auto commit flag. So I, um, um, I'm not sure what what they're gonna uh, do do with that. Um, but I'll. I'll 
quick hmm. question on the on the lint yep. part. So the lint part, if it uh, if the lint part fails, then will that pre-commit fail? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then the so, size commit part, like that theoretically won't fail. It'll just make the changes for you, right? Exactly. So um, you you could, um, I think, was it precise commits or prettier CLI? Um, one of those that um, you could have a check. So even in CI, you could have a check um, where it'll ch scan your code base with the, you know, uh, a whitelisted files. And if those files don't conform, to the preview config, then that can fail. Yeah, so that can also be uh, uh, configured, configured there too. So then, like, just kind of summarize the the concept here is that you have stuff on your CI side that the server that is going to confirm that all the code is formatted and everything the way that you want it for your business. But then you also have on the individual local side um, a way to right before you do your commit to run this logic to make sure that you as a developer have got everything in order before you push that code up there. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I get, uh, I'll check on the other repo that I have everything set up. I'm not, I'm not sure why it's not working here. I guess it's the, the live demoing, right? Um, cool. So I, um, so at this point I feel like everything is, is, uh, set up, uh, locally right we've we started um with our spec reporting we updated our karma js file um we uh run have a pre-commit hook which again uh, should be working um so now let's start uh talking about going going to uh, uh ci right so i'm gonna jump into a project here that i it's the exact same project um and then i added some uh, additional npm scripts here, right? So uh, let, let's let's look at that. Um, so I added the deploy staging and deploy prod. Um, so again, this will run uh, a build and then use Firebase, um, uh, use the staging uh, alias, and then deploy that to uh, what I've defined as staging project. And then there's a deploy prod, which is the exact same thing, but it'll it'll deploy to the production alias. And you can see that here in the Firebase.js, um, I'm sorry, the Firebase RC file, right? These are two separate projects that I set up uh, and I gave them aliases, right? So as you want to promote builds once they check out in staging, you want to promote them to uh, something like uh, production, right? So um, those are the, the, the two ones. And then you can switch uh, Firebase projects, but just using uh, Firebase use. Um, <clears throat> Let me see. So I have a uh, test CI. This is what I run. So a single run with the code coverage, and again progress false. So I could have um, cleaner terminal output in my CI, and then uh, the CI script, which will run uh, linting and then test CI. And again, uh, uh, the exact same thing here. I have the uh, pre-commit hooks here. Um, so that's pretty much uh, all I've added here. And then uh, let's look at circle configuration. I did this because I don't want to sit here and write a hundred lines of YAML, uh, you know, so, uh, so let me just uh, cover um, cover this thing. So, all right, so circle uh, config, so that's version two, that's the latest version of circle. Um, version one, I think it's been deprecated and they will not, no, I, I believe they will no longer support it. So, but if you write circle, you should be doing uh, version two. If you're looking at docs, make sure you're looking at, at version two, right? There's a way, um, so I don't have to repeat this in every job um, in Circle. Um, you can define a, a, an alias, right? And this will be set up. So this is just be, uh, define the working directory and then use a Docker image here, which I'm using um, this one here, which will give me node uh, version eight and then all the modern browsers. So um, things like, um, uh, you know, Chrome and Chrome Headless will be there. And that's what, something I forgot to mention also in the karma.com.js file. I changed it, things to uh, Chrome Headless, right? So um, it, it, I've been using that lately. It, it allows you to run a full instance of, Brown, of Chrome without the, the full uh, memory overload. So um, that's another uh, freebie that, that you can do um, there. So <clears throat> that's set up. And then you can just start defining jobs, right? And then these are, you can give them, you can give these names whatever you want, okay? Um, and they don't have to be related. You can start um, 
just defining um, each individual uh, job. And some what some developers don't like is that they feel like like you write your npm scripts and then you they feel like you, you have to recreate kind of everything in, in circle. Um, you know, yes and no, but uh, it, it's not that it's not that bad. So so let's start defining our jobs. Uh, check out an install. Uh, again, I'm going to run my, my setup, the steps for this. Uh, check out the the Git repo. Um, and then this is just some fancy things to uh, create a cache of the dependencies, okay? So that, um, uh, you know, if something in your package JSON hasn't changed, then it just gonna, it's going to save time and not rerun npm install again, okay? So that's all it's doing, run npm install, and then saving that cache. So that's one job. Second job is like, okay, I want to test my code, right? Okay, so let's do our setup. Let's uh, check out, restore the cache. And then you can give uh, this a name, so that'll show up um, in your uh, uh, circle uh, interface. And then here I'm going to run the CI npm script, and that's what I run, which will run linting, and will run my unit test, right? So that's my test job. I also want a build job, right? You want to uh, run a production build, right? So I just have MP the same exact thing, but in this case I'm just running npm run build. Then I have two two deploy jobs, right? One deploy staging, which will uh, again do ex exact same thing, restoring the cache, um, and then to give multiple commands. This, this is what I was talking about. You could just kind of run it. I can put all this in a bash script, but here is just four lines. I'm okay putting it here. If it's something much more complex, you could just extract it out to um, a, a file. And so. Um, what I do here is see functions because Firebase functions has its separate uh, package.json. So go in there, install dependencies, go back up, and then run deploy staging, which will um, use uh, a Firebase uh, hosting to deploy to my staging uh, project. And then the deploy prod job uh, will be the exact same thing, except it'll run the deploy prod script. And then you can specify as many jobs as, as you want. Right. So now with the workflows. Question for you on that. Yep. Real quick, sorry. Um, so for Firebase, for deployment Firebase, you, don't you, the local machine have to have a user account or the Firebase authentication set up to connect to that? How does that work in this scenario? Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, good, good question. Um, so locally, you, you're authenticated in your machine, right? Um, so there's a, there's a way that you can do, um, I think, Firebase um, login. CI, and then that'll prompt you to log in and then spit out a token for you here. And so uh, once we go into uh, uh, Circle, so let me go to this project, and then let me go to the settings, and then environment and variables. And you can add an environment and variable here. And I've added Firebase underscore token. Um, so the neat thing about the Firebase uh, CLI is that it'll look for this environment token, if it's there, it'll use it. So you don't even need to reference like, you know, dollar sign Firebase token in your deployment scripts. It'll just look for and check if it's the environment. And so that's where you will put in um, that token here. Cool. And so is there a way to then set up those targets as well in Circle CI? So if you have a token for staging and a token for prod, um, I'm. Not sure. I'm using the same token to deploy to both because uh, they're both uh, my projects. So I think the same token works for both. Gotcha. Yeah. But I wonder in the case of something else, maybe not Firebase or something, right, where you need to have um, environment variables, but for a different target. If you can set that up. Gotcha. Circle CI. Yeah, yeah. You can set that up here. Um, and then um, if we look at uh, workflows, so workflows is, is the way you hook up the jobs, right? So it, it's the way you can specify how your your separate jobs are connected and then how you want them to flow. Okay, so I want, um, so it does seem kind of long, but it, it's not that bad. So this is my workflow, my build and deploy workflow, and I'm going to specify the jobs, right? So first, I want to check out and install dependency. Then I want to run the test, which will require that to be done. Then I want to run my build, which will require my test suite to pass. 
Deployment to staging would require my build to pass, which would then require my test to pass, which requires this to check out. So you can kind of see how the, the tree starts to build up. Now you see this filters branches only. So what this is doing is this job will automatically run once a there's a commit uh, uh, to master. So for example, uh, if I open up a pull request and I'll go through the entire flow, if I open up a pull request and then um, that checks out and then I merge it to uh, my branch, this job is gonna kick out, kick, kick off. So it's automatically gonna be deployed to, uh, uh, to Firebase. And then the neat thing that I'm doing here, so production uh, here, I don't wanna do it manually. So I'm gonna have um, a hold here of it, which is a type of approval. And so what this allows you to do is to manually go in there and click approve. Like, so like once you verify that's a looks okay in staging, you click there, um, it, it's approved, and then it'll kick off the, de the deployment to uh, production. And you can, say, you can see here, it requires a hold. So another way that you can set this up is um, by tags. So, uh, you know, sometimes you want to release things using a tag. So if you push like a tag to your repository, it can detect that and automatically deploy that. So that's another way that you can do. Um, but for today, I want to demonstrate how to do the, the manual approval here. Um, so again, it's not that bad. It's about 90 lines of, of YAML here. Um, so uh, let's, let's go ahead and, and make a change, right? So um, right now um, I have my staging uh, here. So let me refresh that. Uh, I have my staging app uh, here and then the one that I'm calling uh, production here. So again, this is using Firebase hosting and then using a Firebase cloud function as well. Um, so it's pre pretty pretty cool stuff here. So let me uh, um, do like the workflow that you can you would actually kind of do. So um, so right now, um, let me add another column that'll display um, the hacker's IP address here, right? Oh, uh, okay. So let me go to this component. Um, so here will be IP address, uh, and then uh, here it will be hacker dash IP. I believe it's just IP. Let me check here. Um, yeah, it's just IP. So um, then, uh, say I was a uh, careless, and then this is supposed to be the status message, and I do have a unit test that checks uh, for that. Um, so as a good citizen you should run your test locally before pushing up to a pull request, right? But sometimes you, uh, developers don't do that. And that's fine, that's when we have CI and you won't let them merge them unless uh, your your test suite is, is passing, right? So let's, let's wait for this to finish and this should fail um, right now. I'm gonna laugh if it passes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so again, uh, my test suite failed, right? Uh, it should just- You're just too good at this, Victor. <laughs> it's expecting the the uh, the status, but uh, it's conflicting, right? So status message and status are two different things. But let me just go ahead and continue with this thing. So um, let me go ahead and add this stuff. Yes. Cool. Let me commit this. Um, adding IP address. But here you've actually seen the Husky pre-commit hook, right? Um, so it's going to run the linting, um, which should check out, and then it's going to uh, run a precise commit. So it didn't find any files to um, modify, right? But if it if it was like a TypeScript file um, that would have been modified, it would have it would have modified that according to Prettier, uh, uh, and then it won't commit it. So I would have to make a second commit in in this case. So let me go ahead and push this. Uh, um, cool. Um, and then I'm pushing this feature branch up. Um, awesome. So let me go to my project here. Um, Victor. Yep. Um, so you did, you just created that branch locally. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So you're pushing it to origin for the very first time right now, right? Exactly. Okay. And then yep. this is going to pick it up, right? I think that's yeah. I wanted to make that point because it's kind of cool with the workflow of the fact that, you know, this branch didn't have to be created already up on origin. It's going to pick that up. 
Yeah, yeah. So if I if I go here and then check out the builds, CircleCI is already running that thing. Like my my feature, uh, my feature branch is up there, and it's just like, hey, I'm gonna run it on this branch, right? So um, you can kind of start seeing um, what it's doing, right? So uh, just storing the cache. Just go to the workflows. This is my current branch. It, this workflow is running, and this is a. a I love this. This is such a cool visual way. So it's check out install. It's going to run my test and then it's going to run my build. And then it's going to be a hold to deploy to production. You don't see here the workflow that's going to be automatically um, deployed. Once you merge, you'll see that after we merge our, our PR, right? So, um, but CircleCI is like already like a workhorse, right? It's already running. Um, so uh, I'm going to create a pull request here, right? And then I'm um, going to hit create pull request here. And then um, it's waiting on these checks, right? And then there you see uh, my test suite failed, right? And then how you can configure these, um, uh, again, GitHub and Circle uh, are, are BFS. So just go to branches. Um, you can edit the protected branch and then say, I'm going to require these status checks to pass before merging. And you can, um, I'm going to have my build, check on install, and my test. I want these three things. To pass before a developer on this on this project can merge the pull request, right? And so obviously here I'm admin, so I'm, I'm able to use my my uh, administrator uh, rights to do so, right? Um, but other <clears throat> team members would not be able would not be able to do this. And so here this one is expected, and it didn't continue because test is fading, right? And so the developer can then go in here and say, okay, well what's going on? Um, and then let's go uh, look at our log. And then, okay, so linting passed. And I see all my beautiful output there. Like, oh, okay, this one, this test didn't pass, right? My, my build is, is red. And then you should get an email um, that's saying, hey, your your build is, is, is not passing, right? So then we can go ahead and just, uh, this was a status message, right? Go ahead and just uh, add. Uh, then um, once I'm able to commit, I'm going to push that up to my uh, my branch, right? Um, and again, there's been another change to that branch, so Circle CI will will pick it up again. And so you see here, um, let me refresh that things are running again. And then if I go back to the um, the UI, go check on my current builds, that build is running again. So um, it's going to take a, a couple minutes. I do want to take it through the end-to-end -end flow so you can see the automatic deployment. Um, and again, so our, our goal here is to add this new column to uh, our application, right? So while that's running, can you go back to the pull request? Yep. This is one of the things that I really like about uh, Circle over Travis is that each of the jobs are listed out separately. So as you your um, workflow is processing from one job to the next, you get to see the status of each one right here rather than having to go to a separate site uh, to get the current status of where your CI process is. Yeah, exactly. I, I love that too. It's, it's it's really awesome to just go, go and see here and then your team members can just wait for this. Um, and uh, it'll let them know. So, and that does it real time too. Like, okay, the test file passed. Um, and I was just waiting for the build, right? So, um, and the other pro tip is that if you look at the um, favicon, uh, shows orange right now or yellow because it's running. And when it's done, it'll either go to green or red on the favicon. So you don't even need to have the tab active. Got. Oh right. Oh, this is talking about this. Uh, yep. Up top. Oh, wow. Oh, that's cool. I, I had not noticed that. That's pretty sweet. I only know that because I have a bunch of red tabs open. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's an awesome pro tip. I had no idea about this. Cool. Oh, this one too, huh? Blue one is running. Awesome. He's a handy guy to have around. Yeah. <clears throat> well, he, he works on my favorite tool of the world, so yeah. Oh, yeah, that too. Cool. All right, so <laughs> I think every, everything passed, right? So... <clears throat> Um, again, so I have my build and deploy hold, right? So my test and my builds are passing in CI, and then I no longer see anything prevent me to merge. Um, 
and see my builds, that was a success, right? Um, so let me go ahead and merge this. Um, squash and merge. So again, I had a workflow checking for when I merged to master, right? So let's go to workflows. Um, yeah, you go. See, and see it's running. And there's a workflow running on my master branch, right? And then this is the exact workflow that we set up. So it's going to run the entire thing again. Check out install, running the test, running the build. It's automatically going to run the deployment to staging. And then this one's going to be on hold, right? So uh, again, we don't have um, anything here. I had no, no, no deployments yet here. So it's going to take uh, a couple minutes for us to um, see this. And the cool thing, you can at any point in time, you can click on it on your your job in the workflow and see where where things are going. So that was a success. And then next is going to go to my test. And again, things are really fast. So I I, I really really been enjoying uh, working with uh, with a circle circle a lot. So Victor, earlier you mentioned that uh, this relationship with DevOps not really feeling it right. I, I, I'm the same way. I'm not really in love with DevOps and doing that stuff, but when you see stuff like this and you run into these things, it, it does get pretty cool though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hear you. It was cool to have my own like CI thing and continuous uh, deployment thing going on, you know? Um, but I feel like nowadays as, as a front end engineer or front end developer or, you know, whatever you want to call, um, you, you can't get away from it. You, you gotta, you gotta learn how to, how to look, you know, how to get in there and look at your CI config and then how to configure things like that. You know, you can't be, you can't be scared. So maybe that's what it is. It was a little fear of like, I'm going to break something or, you know, but you can't be afraid of, 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 of digging in there. My, my fear is about, I don't want to be doing it on the regular basis. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like everything you learn how to do. And it's like, oh, well, let's have that person do it because they know now how to set up Circle CI, right? Yeah. Yeah, but, exactly. But it is certainly cool. Yeah. Time to jump in the Wayback Machine. It's like the, if you ever did uh, reports, whether or not it was like active reports or crystal reports, you never put on your resume because you didn't want to be the reports guy. All right. <laughs> You want to get uh, you just you just you just super dated yourself, Brock. <laughs> oh, it's it's cool. I'm old. It's all good. Hey, life happens. That wasn't even the beginning of my career. That was a few <laughs> years in. So, um, you yeah, so got all this stuff set up, right? <clears throat> the whole pipeline for um, every time we commit and and push, it's going to run all this stuff. So, how important is it then? that this stuff runs fast. And is it a scenario where we can get into, um, we've got the tests and, and everything, and maybe like end-to-end -end tests as well that take a long time, that every time we make a little change and a little commit that everybody's waiting on the, the build to run or the CI to run? Yeah, yeah, oh, too often, and I'm, you know, I work, it's, it's a huge company, right? So sometimes, uh, like here I'm just myself, right? And so my, my builds run really fast, but, Sometimes you're just like queued, 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 and it's on the queue. You're waiting for someone else's build to run, and then um, obviously, the more money you pay, I think that the the more builds you can you can run at the same time. Um, but yeah, it's just a matter of waiting. So you submit your pull request, you know, go go get some water or coffee, and then you, you come how, back. You know how you avoid that? Just <laughs> commit directly. <laughs> <laughs> Living on the edge. Yeah, but I, I think that's one of the challenges, right? Because if, if I make a PR and I get a suggestion to change a little piece of it, right? To change mm -hmm. this formatted text or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, I can make that change really quick, but now everybody's got to wait for the whole CI system to run before we can get to the merge point of that, right? Yeah. Um, so how do you yeah. find that balance? Is there a point at which you say, well, how do I rework the CI environment scenario to allow that process to still stay fast, but still catch everything? I don't know. Yeah, you could you, go move the test. Then it would yeah, be super. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was gonna su suggest that you know, like sometimes when you're doing like visual regression testing, like that can take a long time, right? Like some of some of the projects that work, their their entire CI thing takes like thirty minutes, you know, and so uh, that that's a lot. It, it's hard, man. But I, I feel like not everything has to be done in CI, you know. Um, uh, so. I used to work at this company and we had this rule. You can commit directly, but if you break the build, you have to buy donuts for everyone the next day. Oh, wow. 
I bought donuts six times. <laughs> that sounds like it there one week. <laughs> oh, man. So the, uh-huh. the other thing you can do in Circle is you can run things concurrently. So you can have multiple processes run at the same time. So yes. with the CLI, uh, a lot of the end-to-end tests get sharded so that there's different sections and different groups of them so they can be running concurrently. Gotcha. They're asking on the live chat if uh, if you run end-to-end tests on CI. Um, yeah, so I, I think what you can do is um, trigger that, but then connect to something like Sauce Labs. So you can you can talk to Sauce Labs within CI, and then you want to have that run your end-to-end test. There you go, um, Rashid. Yep. Um, all right, so yeah, let's look at our, our workflow. So build, and then look, our deployment staging automatically run because we merge, right? So we look at the uh, build output for that. Um, I see my deploy job here. The build checked out is using the awesome Firebase function and hosting using the staging and deployment complete, right? It deployed to this one. So the moment of truth, if we go to staging um, uh, URL here and I refresh, there's my new feature, right? Uh, which run through CI. And so, um, yay. And then this one is not there yet, right? So that's the process you want to do, right? Okay, it checks out in um, my staging. Um, and then I can go back to my workflows here. Uh, master, it's on hold, right? Yeah, so let me go ahead and approve that. And then then it'll click off the job um, for uh, deployment to uh, production. And then once that's done, this one should check out. Um, and again, this this is just one way of doing it. The the second way of doing it is um, it could detect when you push up a tag to uh, your repository and kick off that that way. Um, but this should be really quickly, so we could just uh, wait for that. Um, um, man, like I feel like tooling is like the best thing that's happened to front end developers, you know, like, like I'm using my favorite tools here, like circle, I'm using the angular CLI, I'm using Firebase tools. Um, it, it's definitely super cool where, where things have uh, progressed to. Um, so let's, let's wait for that quickly to finish just cause I want to see it end to end. Um, yeah. And you mentioned the tooling. I mean, that's, what's kind of cool about the angular CLI, right? Is that yeah. you have all the, <clears throat> scripts and things that can run uh, through the CLI to do your testing and all those sort of things. And now you just plug those into your CI pipeline in your scripts and, and mm-hmm. you have that way to call that stuff and, and wire all that up, right? Right, right, right. So right now it's updating the um, the cloud functions on um, what I'm calling, uh, yeah, that checked out, success. So let me refresh here. And then that's been promoted now to my my production site. So cool. That's that's wraps it up for what I have to show. So let me um, um, unless there's questions where I want to screen share. Um, I guess I'll, I'll turn that off. Yeah, yeah. We can go back. Uh, there we go. Cool. That's very cool. I like it. You know, a lot of a lot of stuff to set up, right? A lot of things to go through and things like that. But um, super valuable once you, once you're there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I'm, I'm no DevOps expert, like you know, so um, I'm heavy UI front engineering. But I was able to dig in and, and use this stuff. So you got to be comfortable with your terminal, with your command line, um, and and you know, configuration things like that. So very cool. Yeah. All right, any, anybody else have any other questions for Victor before we wrap up? We're at the top of the hour, a little past the top of the hour, but that's okay. All right. Very I cool. got nothing else. Uh, they want a link to the app. Williams Watchway would like a link to the app. Um, but I think, Justin, you have to do that because we cannot drop links in your uh, in your well, do you have show notes? Yeah, I, I have a bunch of links to that I reference and stuff, so I'll, I'll send that out and make sure that's included. So, cool. Well, yeah, we'll tweet that out. Yep. Awesome. All right. Um, anybody have any picks today? Mike, did you come uh, up next week? Last one, Salt Lake City's rotten egg. 
You're trying to steal picks. I did not pick NG Conf. Nice try, though, Bonnie. You picked it earlier. It's written on your board behind you. Sorry, uh, my, my first one is actually pertinent to today's uh, uh, show. Uh, so the CLI has a feature called bundle budgets. Uh, I think I demoed it here on the things I learned, or this I learned um, previously, that you can specify different thresholds that your build will fail if you have a specific bundle or however you configure it that your total script size is over a certain threshold that will fail and then therefore would fail your CI process as well. And you can set that to show warnings or show errors that, uh, based off of different thresholds. So just something to take advantage of with your CI process, not just, hey, my test failed or my build failed, but also I don't want my bundles or my uh, groupings of code to get uh, too big. That's that's pretty awesome. See, enforcing things is not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, uh, is there is there a reporter for that as well? So you can do kind of the formatting like Karma and stuff like that? For the budgets? Yeah. Uh, no, it just shows either a warning or an error uh, based off of when you run ng build. Uh, and it's only enforced if you run the uh, production build because it doesn't make sense to have a <laughs> threshold if you uh, run the dev build because it's not going to get deployed anywhere, or at least it's shown. Uh, the other one is a feature that I haven't played with yet, but it looks really, really cool in VS Code called log points that essentially you can put log messages into your code base and into your uh, editor that will run and output to your log, but not be actual part of your code. It's essentially like a breakpoint type thing that's ancillary to your code that um, will run when your code runs. Very cool. I have a pick two. Cool. All right, Mike, are you done? I, I, I'm done. I will turn the uh, floor over to Austin. Okay, Austin, you may go. <laughs> I feel like we're in kindergarten or something. <laughs> So um, there is this tool called Better Touch Tool. Um, if you've got a uh, Mac with a touch bar, uh, like when you, you notice when you like open different applications, right? Like it shows different stuff on the touch bar. You can actually use this tool to like entirely change your touch bar and things like that. So I've actually like know how the function keys are gone on uh, like the Mac, I've actually got it programmed where when I'm in VS Code, it's got the step in, step out, and it's got a little icon for it and everything like that. So better touch tool, really cool. Nice, nice. All right, uh, Victor, do you have anything last you want to plug? Um, no, if you uh, just want to care about what, I, what I'm doing, if you like what I, uh, what I showed, just follow me on Twitter. Um, I'm working on um, some upcoming courses too with uh, LinkedIn Learning. So yeah, check that out. All right, what's your Twitter handle? Shout it out. Uh, underscore Victor Mejia. That's M-E-J-I-A. What are you doing for LinkedIn Learning? Um, uh, my next course. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh it's, it's stuff like this. So more uh, like workflows. So um uh. How, how should I how should I uh, summary? Um, so C CI is going to be part of that. Um, so things that you can do to be productive while developing Angular apps. So um, a lot of config, some some DevOpsy stuff there too. So very Pretty cool. Yeah. Definitely looking forward to that. Yeah. All right. Well, Victor, thanks a lot for coming on, sharing the stuff, taking your time. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it was. I had a blast hanging out with you guys. So yeah, appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, we're looking forward to having you back again. Uh, definitely come back too. We got to get you back on as a panelist uh, for some. Oh yeah, left. yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Let me know. Cool. Awesome. All right, that's a wrap for this week. Next week, NGConf, uh, we're actually going to be doing a live show uh, at lunchtime on Friday. Uh, it should be pretty crazy, but it's the end of the week, and uh, I'm still not sure how we're going to broadcast that. If it's going to be through the regular NGConf channel, or we'll have it here, but um, we'll get something figured out. All right. See you, everyone.